Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays, is my good friend, Michele Barron. Michele, what's up? Well, it's a great day. I was supposed to go to Venice over the weekend, and I didn't. Um, but, but hey, <laughs> this is life coming at you. Yeah, that is life with uh, children and everything else baked in. I uh, can exactly. definitely relate to that. Um, Speaking of baking, mm-hmm. do you eat uh, what is called in Italy uh, the Easter dove? Easter dove? Yes. What does that mean? You you know the flying bird? I do know the flying bird, the dove. Okay. Yes, you eat the dove? No, uh, not really. We okay. eat um, uh, basically... A bread, a mm-hmm. sweet bread, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of stuff in. Uh, we eat it at Christmas and at Easter. Oh. And when we do it for Easter, uh, it's it's basically the same as panettone. If you ever heard about it, it's a traditional Italian um, dessert, um, and it's basically uh, the shape of a dough. So what's in it? And it's um, so it's usually it's. Um, it's this big bread with eggs, uh, a lot of sugar, butter, and uh, orange flavor, and there is raisins. I think. Um, how, how do you call the grapes that are dried and, and yeah, sweet? raisins. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the cover is sugar and almonds, mm. and it's um, it's something that you don't do with the, the traditional baking soda or stuff like that. You use the basically the bread um, yeast, yeah, and you let it grow for. Like two and a half, three days. Oh, it's the whole process. Oh, yes, that sounds really good. Yeah, it never, is. Never had it. it. Sounds delightful, though. I would like. Oh, to have it that. is. It is. I mean, I guess that you can find it there, but it's it's probably something very Italian, uh, like a place that is actually Italian. Yeah, yeah. We don't have very, very many. We don't have very many of those here. They're not making that at the Olive Garden. I'll tell you that. No, it's it's a headache to do. I, I tried for Christmas and it looked perfect. Yeah. But my yeast went a little bit too sour and it was I took it and threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
Um, well, the NBA draft lottery is less than a month away. We are going to have an event. We also have more very exciting news coming soon from down to dunk to the Oklahoma city community. So be on watch for that as well. Uh, and we will start advertising that the event and the place soon you can plan for May 17th at around six o'clock. Um, and we will announce the location soon. Still finalizing details. Hopefully that gets done uh, in the next couple of days. So <clears throat> to prepare for the draft, I thought we would take a look back at some past drafts. And we're going to start doing redrafts every Monday. We're going to start with the 2021 draft and kind of work our way back. Uh, just to take a look and see what you know these draft classes have done, how strong they are. You know, we're gonna just gonna do the lottery, and so how quickly do we run out of names that we like? Uh, I think is an interesting exercise. And then, you know, who are the sleepers, and why were they? You know, why were they underrated? You know, what was the what was the reason that this type of player fell? And then maybe, you know, use those kind of trends to look at this upcoming draft as to maybe some players that are being picked too low. Um, However, that's uh, not always the uh, <laughs> the best way to uh, to do it, but we're going to try anyways. Uh, so we're going to go back and forth all the way through the lottery, and I'm going to let Michaela go first in the 2021 NBA redraft here on Down to Dog. Who is going number one? And we're going to pick for the specific teams. I think is an interesting part of the exercise because you can go back and say, Hey, this team should have done this or wow. The player that they took is gone now. Where, where should they pivot? Um, yeah. Um, so that's, that's how we're going to handle it. So, uh, the Detroit Pistons are up at number one. I think that the Detroit Pistons did perfectly fine and I would do the same choice, the same thing that they did. Um, I think that as of today, even if K didn't have the best rookie season among the top five picks, uh, he is still, the most likely to be uh, the franchise player. I mean, uh, a lot of stuff translated for Cade. And you, until he has good players around uh, continuously um, in a consistent way, there is very little that I can say to, like, to move him from the number one spot. Yes, Mobley makes a good case, a great case. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think I would go Cade again. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. That's actually who I have number one on my board, too. Um, number two, the Houston Rockets. They selected Jalen Green, number two. Uh, I'm going Evan Mobley, number two, yeah. to the Houston Rockets. He's an extremely versatile big man. And, you know, Shangun may or may not be available at 16 for them uh, in a trade. And, Honestly, who cares? Because if you have the chance to choose Evan Mobley, you don't think about Alfred Shangun one bit. Um, and yeah, then, and, you, and, you, yeah, and it doesn't, uh, again, a guy like Mobley doesn't put you in a position where if you'd like another big man, uh, that that is maybe a bit different from him, mm -hmm. uh, and Shangun is quite different from him. Yeah, um, I think that you can successfully run stuff for Mobley and Shangun together. So even if they really like him, uh, Shangun, I mean, there is no stopping in drafting Mobley. True. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, Cleveland is up. They're highly disappointed that their beloved oh, yeah. Evan Mobley is gone. Uh, I think I know which direction you'll take this, but who you got at number oh, sure. three? It's very simple. I would not pick um, uh, Jalen Green here yeah. because I think that they are guard heavy and I don't have Green number three on my board. Yeah. The guy I have on my board at number three fits Cleveland to a T. I mean, Mobley is better, uh, but Scotty Barnes is exactly what they should do mm-hmm. here because they already have a very good guard. Um, they need a guy with versatility, defensive upside, and... I mean, Mobley gives them a little bit more than Scotty to me. Yeah. But Scotty is the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's perfect. He can play three roles for them with ease. He can play a little bit of center, a little bit of four. He can play with Love, with with uh, Jared Allen. Yes, the shooting is not great. Yeah, to play with Allen, it's it's yeah. not an easy task. Uh, but you worry about that later, and you just pick the best uh, player there. And it's also a player that again can add. A layer to what you do yeah no i think that's right i think those are the easiest picks in the top three and now it gets yeah, kind Andrew, of difficult can i can i stop you for a second here yeah i mean to me this draft is is very uncommon mm-hmm. because i would say and maybe you disagree but seven guys in the top eight yeah you we will probably pick them there, mm-hmm. or probably eight out of eight out of the eight. I I don't know if you if your board is similar to mine, but this draft was incredibly top heavy, and teams have done a great job in finding who those guys were. Yeah, <coughs> I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, the Raptors are such an interesting team from here because they don't scream select Josh Giddy at this spot. Um, he does not, he's not a, he's not a Raptor. He doesn't have great length. He doesn't have great athleticism. Uh, he doesn't quite fit this crew. They have, they have ball handling, they have creators. And I think that they're looking for somebody to fit in. Scotty Barnes kind of fit in to what they did. And to me, the guy that would fit in the best to this team that's athletic, that can score, that can do a lot of things that they want, and is a really smart basketball player, is Franz Wagner. Uh, oh, so as a fit for Toronto and a ups and a, I think he's an upside play too. Like Franz Wagner's not an old player, um, you know, he's not as young as Josh. He's, uh, I like Kaminga for them too. I considered him there as well uh i worry i mean he's not ready (laughs) like he's just not ready to play for the raptors this season and the raptors are a good basketball team and i think wagner is probably the guy that fits them the best from here wow what okay okay good is there something wrong with that no 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 to me drafting okay no i like it i (laughs) It's I cool. didn't expect this. Yeah, what did you expect? Uh, it's just to go th- the guy with the most upside. Yeah. And which is what the, the magic will do. Uh, I don't see, even if, uh, to me, as of today, um, 
I don't think the the the, the margin between Jalen Green, uh, Franz Wagner, and Josh Giddy is wide. I don't no. think it is with Scotty either. To be honest with you, those yeah. four guys to me are probably in the same tier. I I, um, I think so too. I I just think Giddy is Giddy is a specific is a more specific fit than Wagner is. Wagner is like fits. No, I everywhere. thought you went with uh, Green for them. Hmm. I thought that Jalen Green could be your pick there. Yeah. They've got Athletic. guys that I don't know. I, I like I like Wagner's fit in Toronto more than Green's fit in Toronto. That that's anywhere. <laughs> Franz Wagner is a great fit with any team. He's a great fit with any team. Yes. Especially a team like I think Toronto just wants to remain competitive. Green's not a guy to me that's gonna help you remain competitive. If you're willing to take a step back, sure. Green's going to make you take yeah. a step back, but he could help you take a massive step forward in three years. Um, Wagner's like, yeah. take a step forward now and also possibly take a step forward later too, kind of player. Yeah. Um, yes, I don't disagree with that. So, again, uh, here, I don't think that the margin between the players is wide between uh, Jalen Green and Josh Kitty. Yeah. Um, I think that the Magic here, they had a chance to draft Giddy, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, they picked Suggs. Uh, Suggs is not my pick, of course. Yeah. I think that they would go, if they had to redraft, and they are in this spot, they would go Jalen Green. Um, right. I'm tempted to, to pick Giddy already here. Mm -hmm. But the Magic would never, ever do so. Um, um, I think that uh, there is also a world uh, in which Jaden Green is the right pick here mm -hmm. because Green he shot better than Cade from three. Mm -hmm. He scored a bunch. Mm -hmm. um, he was in an extremely dysfunctional environment for most of the season, and yet he was able to be second in scoring and yeah. showed glimpses of a great score. So, yeah, it's the kind of star again. power that they don't have in Orlando, too. Like, they need a go-to yeah. guy. But, yeah. And you could also argue that they need somebody to organize the pieces that they have, where you could go with Josh, where it's, yeah. like, they don't, like, they've got all these pieces. However, how do they, how do they organize them? Do they organize them with a player like Jalen Green, where it's like you develop this hierarchy, where it's like, I am definitely the guy, and you're going to screen for me, and you're going to rebound, or is it, like, Josh slides in. He's like, okay, I'm going to get make sure that everybody gets in the right spots and I'm going to yeah. pass you into the right spots. You know, like those are, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer. Um, but I, I kind of think green fits Orlando a little bit better because they just, the Cole Anthony uh, experience has not, has not been what you hope it would be, even though he was better this year, but like, if you could upgrade that spot and not have Cole be that guy, like let Cole be your six man, um, yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah, and and I think that uh, if you are, oh, like, again, to me today, if you ask, if you ask third general manager who has the who has the higher upside between uh, Jalen Green and Giddy, probably twenty three of those will say Jalen Green. Yeah, 
And so you, if you are Orlando, you have to do that. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't completely disagree with that. Uh, number six, we're with the Thunder. Josh doesn't fall below this. Uh, he is their guy. He is still their guy. <laughs> I, did, I thought Josh would go higher in our mock draft whenever I said we were going to do this when we did the redraft. Uh, I thought Giddy would go higher. Um, but this class is stacked, especially yep. at the top. And trying to find the spot for him, like I could have argued, you can make the argument as high as four with him. Yes. And like he enters the consciousness of four, five, and six. Um, I don't know how much he entered the consciousness of four, five, and six on the day of the draft. Uh, he certainly does today. And, you know, it's, it is what it is that this, this class is just very, very good at the top and Giddy fits. Obviously we know how Giddy fits with the thunder and we know how much, uh, like we don't have to back this up in any way whatsoever. And, you know, the top, you know, Franz Wagner slides up and Jalen Sugg slides back. But this is to me, the, uh, these are the right six players to go in the top six for yeah me. number seven i think that i would stay where golden state uh picked because i think that um first kuminga is seventh on my board um i think he is better than what it, i thought mm-hmm. um i think he's good in a very specific team which can maximize his finishing ability whereas in other teams he might don't play. Um, um, maybe this is a stretch, but if you have Book Knight on Golden State, I don't think that he is dramatically different than what Moses Moody and Kuminga uh, have been in terms of uh, may- maybe a little bit less than Kuminga in terms of playing time. Yeah, but the environment is really important. What you do in Golden State is a special place. Mm-hmm. So again. No explanation needed. Kuminga is, I think, the seventh best player in this class and is exactly... And and Golden State can make wonders with play finishers. Yeah. Yeah, I think think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Um, This is where it gets interesting because now there's, like, less definitive upside at eight. Mm -hmm. Um... I've been a Jalen Suggs believer for a long time and still don't think that uh, I don't think that he should have gone as high as I said he should have. However, um, I'm still going to take him for the magic. They get him just at a different slot. Uh, I think that they're actually elated that they get both Jalen's in this, in this draft, just in a different way. Um, So I've got, Suggs at eight to Orlando, and you just try to develop him. You do, I mean, he's actually a pretty nice fit next to Jalen Green uh, because yeah. he's going to distribute, he's going to defend, defend, and you just hope that the shot will eventually come around. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Suggs at eight. All right, number nine. This is where I deviate from 
Sacramento quite badly. I don't have Devin Mitchell as high on my board. Yeah. Um, this is not the place where I go Herb Jones uh, either, even okay. if he's creeping uh, close to the top 10 to me in, on my board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is a player that is playing <laughs> well and has tremendous upside. Uh, we knew it before the draft. Uh, we slotted around number 20, 25 on our discussion. I'm talking about Zaire Williams. Um, mm. He is upside. And yep. if I'm redrafting and I know what happened, I think that this is a place where I pick him because he's not too high, I think. Um, he mm-hmm. is uh, an upside play close to what uh, the Spurs did with Josh Primo. It's just Mm -hmm. a place above his draft stock. Mm -hmm. And I think that he deserved that. Mm -hmm. He is, I mean, to me, uh, picking him at 10 was a reach back then. And now I'm saying maybe not. Maybe this was actually the right spot for him. And too bad it's in Sacramento. (laughs) Because, I mean, it's... uh, it's not a place where I would send a, a guy to develop. And maybe this is something that should stop me a bit. Uh, because he, if I think about the player that may thrive in Sacramento, it's not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not even guys like Herb Jones, which I have in this range, nor Josh Primo, which is in this range for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to send their Alper and Shingun either because he's he would be the next Papa Giannis. So it's <laughs> it's hard to send the guy there. Probably the only guy who would make a career <laughs> is Davion Mitchell. But yeah. to me, the talent is different. And so this is on my board. Uh, I have Zayer at nine, and I think this is where I would pick him. Wow, um, that is really interesting. I did not see that coming. Um, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, okay. 10 is this bad no no I think Zyre is really interesting it's very young um, great size for a wing if he fills out in the right way and can you know get his shot going a little bit better like he's a very very good player looking for an assist with your credit card but you can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US based live customer service from Discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Memphis at 10 is in an interesting position. Because like, you can make the case for Josh Primo even higher, honestly, because he has shown a lot of potential. And they, that's kind of what they did at 10 anyways. They swung for the fences. You could go like more of a sure thing with Chris Duarte. He's 24. 24 oh. the day of the draft. Holy smokes. Um, I'm not doing that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go Trey Murphy the third. Um, at oh. Um, All right. To the Grizzlies. He would be so excellent with this team. Uh, if you don't get the high upside of Zaire, um, I like just having a guy that can space the floor for this team. Uh, you can make the Herb Jones case here as well. He's like the hot name right now for this class. Um, however, three-point shooting is just so important, and it's really important to this particular team. And 
I mean, just imagine him stepping in with any of these lineups because he plays mm-hmm. a lot right now for the Pelicans, and he's an extremely helpful just knockdown shooter who was named perfectly by his parents. Um, just an unbelievable name, Trey Murphy the third. Just so many threes in his name to begin with, and he's going to he's going to be a guy that's going to take and make a ton of threes. And yeah. if I'm Memphis and I can guarantee, like you just get a guaranteed six foot nine, like three, four, that is going to be a knockdown shooter. Like, give me that. Give me that yeah. right now. And he's going to contribute right away. And, you know, they've got Zaire contributing right away, but like Trey is, he's ready and he's contributing to a good team. And, you know, I think that that ups the, that makes the Grizzlies even more dangerous to me right away. Yeah, this is probably where I would um, I would probably pick Primo here. Yeah. Um, but I understand it. I'm a fan of Trey Murphy, even if he didn't put up numbers. Um, it's still like top 16 on my board. Yeah. Um, um, I like I like what you did. So um, I don't have uh, this is number 11. I don't have Alper and Shengun at 11 on my board is a bit later. I have uh, remaining on my board. I have uh, Primo at 11 and Herb Jones at 10. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that if Charlotte needs to draft Shengun here, oh. both for the fact, mm. yeah, both for the fact that they actually have playing time to develop him and because they have an amazing passer in Lamella Ball, they have um, a good wing in Miles Bridges. So uh, I really think that here, the difference in upside between many of the players that are around here, it's minimal. Yeah. Like you can argue that guys like Trey Mann and Bones Island will be better players than Herb Jones in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And you can put Shengun in the same thing, in the same class. Um, another option is to go Devin Mitchell, but I, I don't have him as high. Yeah. And I mean, they have guards there uh even even herb jones i mean they have guys that are mm, not like multi-skilled uh and that can defend a bit mm-hmm. i know the defense is something that they really need and shengun doesn't solve that um but they also lack talent yeah uh and they they lack talent at the center position and so to me just try uh mm-hmm. let's see how how it goes um and i would probably pick shengun here yeah. Again, mostly for the fact that he would he could play 30 and just develop into the best version of himself or a terrible version of uh, himself, which will be Vucevic-like on defense and not Vucevic-like on offense. Yeah. That is also a possibility. <laughs> um, what is your take here? Oh, my goodness. At 12 with the Spurs. I mean, what are we like? In, what do I think of Shengun there? I, I or Charlotte. Think- I think that yeah. it's kind of crazy, honestly, because Charlotte's <laughs> problem is their defense. Like their defense, like super sucks. And, and you don't. I feel like this is like defense this I high. Like, I feel like this is a good Herb landing spot. Oh, okay. Herb would have helped them a lot this year. However, if you're Charlotte, I just make the. I mean, you could make the case that Shangun is good for them because he helps them take a step back, and they don't make the play, and they're in the lottery. Yeah. You know, which is probably the right place for them. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, it's not like book and book night did do anything for them this year. I mean, he just didn't even play. Um, yeah, that's the point. I don't hate it. I don't hate the pick for them. They just have like, how do you figure out the defense long-term with that group? I think is a, is a tough question to answer. Yeah, my counter to that is take the two best players for OKC. Mm-hmm. Those are not good defenders. Yeah. And yeah. they had a great defense uh, compared to the talent that they have. Yeah. So to me, um, you don't, either you get an incredible guy mm-hmm. that plays both offense and defense yeah. in the top 10, like this year, Chet, um, Jabari, mm-hmm. guys like that mm-hmm. who can play both ends and then great. But if don't, if you don't, then like to me, picking a guy like Herb Jones that you can probably get paying, paying a lot. Yeah. Like they, they, they just can overpay for Will Dort and be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why like I hesitated can, with Herb up to this point because it's like where I don't, I just don't know where the upside is there. Maybe you don't care about the upside with him because he's just good now. But I just wonder yeah. what we think about him in three years, whenever the upside of some of these other players is started to be realized. Um, exactly. That's and, my, that's my fear yeah. with Herb. And like, speaking of Charlotte, and then we'll move on. Like they could really ask Dort for Hayward and paying money mm-hmm. to get a defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, not this year because it doesn't make sense financially, but, because he could potentially sign him now, extend him now to a good contract and do a sign and trade mm-hmm. like immediately. Yeah. Like, and Dort can do stuff for them. I mean, I don't want to trade away Dort. This is not the point. It's it, the point is you can fix your defense with like two, three good players mm-hmm. and a system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't and a yeah. player, a coach that can. I mean, Miles Bridges was a great defender in college. Good defender, not great, maybe. Mm-hmm. He's got the tools, certainly. He's got the tools. And you they're going to get a, they're going to get a new coach, whoever that is. I, I don't. I don't love. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do at that spot, but yeah, it should be uh, quite interesting. Uh, San Antonio, they took Josh Primo at twelve. Seemed like a reach at the time. Now it feels like that's a good pick. That was a good idea to pick Josh Primo there. Um, I think I'm going to stick with that. Youngest guy in the league. Has a ton of potential as a shooter. He's got pretty good size as a guard. Um, He's Canadian. It's nice. Um, I'll stay with Josh Primo at 12 for San Antonio. It's kind of a boring pick, but it's... No, it's perfect. It leaves me with Indiana, which I don't want to draft for. I know. What do you do with Indy? Because they took Duarte, who... I don't want to take him. I don't want to take him. He wasn't that I good. Don't want... He wasn't that good for them. He had some good stretches, but... Yeah. I would not I would not take him. Especially now that you know that they're, re- that they're like... They stink. Yeah. You know, you take Duarte if you think that you just need a, a piece to, to plug in. Yeah, um, exactly. But... You don't need a piece to plug in. You need an upside. Like, where's the where's the upside for this Pacers crew? 
Yeah, the issue to me is uh, guys that I have still on my board. Um, David Mitchell. Yeah. Same deal. A bit better, but same deal. Mm -hmm. And then I have the two pull-up maestros, Mm -hmm. like Trey Mann and Bones Highland. Yeah, I know. What do you do with those two? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then another guy that I think fits here a bit is Hayo. Hayo, but it's too high. I'm not He's sure. Good. I was good. I was good. But Ayo's upside is, <laughs> is I think it? very close to Bones's and yeah, uh, and yeah. Um I mean, I think that shooting is something that Indy would love to have. Yeah. Uh but if I know that they have Teresa Liberton that I feel extremely, extremely bad about their defense if yeah. I pick Trey Man and Bones Island. Yeah. It's tricky. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, David Mitchell sounds like a good player to slide in alongside Tyrese Liberton. It worked in Sacramento. So <laughs> maybe it can work. You need to, I don't know. I, I don't like the pick, but I think that um, Indy lead needs a leader defensively. Uh, and they have three guards. Uh, Brogdon, um, Halliburton, mm-hmm. and David Mitchell mm-hmm. can probably play, play together. Yeah. And in the end, it's a sad pick. It is a sad pick. It does feel but very it's, sad. Yeah, but it's it doesn't make sense to draft. I mean, if I if I'm if I want to go full upside, then I go either Bones and Trey Man, or Trey Man. Yeah. But yeah. it will be a dumpster fire to play like Brogdon. Yeah. It's not that Damien saves you. <sighs> Can I have this back? I'll just pick Bones Island. I just don't like Damien Mitchell okay. enough. Yeah, I don't. That's, I don't really either. Uh, I don't like his. I don't. I don't know what his upside is because he's a little older. Um, I think Bones is fun for them. I don't know. What, like, I don't know what Bones's uh, upside is. Um, I mean, either. But Trey showed me more. In terms of absolute upside, yeah. Bones is just a guy that that really plays consistently good basketball. Yeah, and he's yeah. a hell of a shooter. Mm-hmm. So, I think you have to reward that a little bit. Yeah, he was good from the beginning, mm-hmm. or close to the beginning. Bones was. was, and had like a you, had a big time playoff game already. Like, yeah, helped Denver win that game. Yeah, um, so I don't hate that at all. Uh, to wrap up the lottery here, 14, we've got the Warriors. They took Moses Moody. Um, this is where I'm going to take Herb because if I'm trying to win the NBA title, uh, there's not anybody left that I'm just like, oh my gosh, the upside is too enamoring to to stay away from them. Um, whereas with Herb, yeah, he is 20, 22 at the time of the draft. I think he is 23 now. Um, but he's like, he plays big minutes for you and imagine like Herb yeah. and Draymond Green on the same court. Yeah. Surrounded with like real shooting where like, he plays now, he helps you now. And then you also get to have Kaminga who's can help you later. I think that they kind of hope that Moses Moody helps you now, but you know, Moody's 19 still. He's very, very young. Yeah. Um, but 
Herb like steps in. He's in your eight man, nine man rotation, and he's a menace. Whereas like like people, and we can we can talk about the Thunder picks and where we think they should should go or could have gone. But Trey, you know, you could make the argument for Trey here. I just don't think he plays for the Warriors. No, um, no, they've got too many guys at that spot and not enough development time for for him. Um, and then you like think about JRE. Like JRE is a nice fit there. You don't take him over Herb. Um, so no, no, that's uh, that's that's what I would do. And I think that that makes the Warriors like instantly. Even more awesome because if you just even if you just even don't even watch the games, just watch Twitter and you can see just the entire Twitter sphere erupt with love for Herb Jones and what he's able to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that to me makes makes a lot of sense at that slot. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm struggling with Moses Moody not being picked in the lottery. I think that the lack of opportunity is something that killed him yeah. and favored guys like um, Bones. I don't think that, uh, well, I think that if you switch the two and you put uh, Moses Moody with one of the greatest pa- greatest passer uh, mm-hmm. in the history of the league at center, maybe he plays mm-hmm. 10, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed of James Booknight not being in the lottery, nor Chris no. Duarte. I didn't yeah. like those, nor Devin Mitchell. I mean, to yeah. me, the upside play in the lottery should be there. I mean, I know that guys like Devin uh, in the right spot can turn a team uh, from... Um, I mean, look, Beverly. I I don't particularly like him. Yeah. But he is the soul of that of Minnesota, He's and and that yeah. made a different difference. I don't know if Davion is ready to do that. Um, Maybe that's who you take for Washington at fifteen. Yeah, probably. Who feels like a soulless team to a degree? And if you're trying yeah. to build a team around Bradley Beal still, which all indications show that that's what they're trying to do, you take Davion Mitchell there. Yeah, and then OKC, I think, goes Moses Moody there. Um, Probably Memphis goes uh, Corey Kispert because, uh, sorry, Memphis um, Pelicans via via Memphis, they they pick the best shooter they can. Pelicans, yeah. Kispert would be awesome for them. And then OKC gets Trey Mann again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this would be a great draft for OKC, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yeah, I mean... (laughs) But if you look from 19 to probably 20 to, to 26, yeah, boy, those picks are rough. I it's, mean, Kai Jones, Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Isaiah Jackson, yeah. Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> That's not great. It's rough. That is, yeah. a, that is the official rough patch of the draft as of today. Now... There's chances for that to change because all of those guys at the time of the draft were 19 when they were drafted. Yeah. So that could change. Jalen Johnson could be a part of the Hawks rotation next season. Not impossible. When um, Gallo leaves, yes. Yeah, when Gallo's gone. Uh, Keon, I'm not, I've never been a real key, big Keon. No, no, um, no, no, no. Isaiah Jackson showed some flashes this year for the Pacers. Um, still not a big believer. Usman Garuba kind of looked terrible. When I watched yeah. him for the Rockets, um, he was he was yeah. overweight. 
he's not ready to play NBA basketball. Maybe that changes next season after an off season it's, with the Rockets. It's an awful sign when all you do is on athleticism yeah. and you show yourself overweight. Yeah. That is one sign that is, I think it's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Real red flag to me is it, I would yeah. not be surprised if next year is not in the league anymore. Yeah. Um, so what about the other Thunder guys? Like, do you think that Jeremiah did anything to raise his stock like into the first round? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he, he goes in that range. Um, I think that the Pacers would love to have him instead of, uh, Isaiah Jackson, maybe not, but he, yeah. that is a range where I can see guys saying, Hey, um, that guy's a pro or, same range for or the nuggets. like nuggets for for JRE yeah. would be very interesting. Like he could play. Yeah, Bones is it's not there. Yeah, Bones is gone. Like that's a really interesting slot for him. Even the Sixers for him would be kind of interesting. I don't know if he plays for them this year because I think they've got depth at that slot, but you yeah. know, like those are interesting pieces. And even the Nets, like the Nets need playable guys where Cam Thomas is not a playoff playable player. No. I'm saying the word play so many nope. times. Um but I think Jeremiah could be where yeah. they kind of work Io. upside. I mean, Io would Io be, would be I don't great know why. Them, would be great for them. Yeah. I mean, Io to me was a very interesting guy. Um, and again, to me, late, late first yeah. is where should have gone. And um, I mean, I'm I'm sure that something went wrong in the process for him mm. somewhere because he looked the part mm-hmm. uh, on, on film and maybe maybe the interview process was not great i don't know mm-hmm. um good pick for chicago great pick for chicago oh, great I mean, at 38 it's unbelievable yeah um and then you look at other players that in the second round that kind of popped a little bit like bj boston at 51 mm-hmm. like he's probably worthy of a swing in the 30s instead like he showed some yeah. flashes and could use like a a good incubator for him. Like if he, if he went to the thunder, if the thunder didn't trade both of their picks for Jeremiah, like you could, you could see that for them like that to me, that makes some sense. Uh, like Delano Banton for the Raptors, I think is an interesting player too. Uh, Sharif, yeah. Sharif Cooper. Not sure what he does away from Toronto, but, but yeah, he's, a, he's very much a Raptor. <laughs> he's a hundred percent a Raptor. Uh, and like, and then Aaron Wiggins at fifty five. I don't think that he did enough to say that he's a first rounder, but to be in the forties, maybe um, even in the late thirties. Like Detroit traded to Charlotte, JT Tour. Um, yeah. He could play for Charlotte. Yeah, or he'd, he'd be nice for Charlotte, or even the Knicks. Same spot as the Herb Jones. Sure. I mean, yeah, Herb is long gone. He, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I don't hate that. I think at 55, it was great. I mean, you look around that slot and like there's no other. Like Charles Bassey for the Sixers is a, is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm like Jer- Jericho Sims did some stuff for the Knicks. Cool. Uh, Yurgos was on the Thunder already, who was the 60th pick in the draft. Cool. Um, but yeah, the end of this draft is really, there's not a lot going on, uh, 
I'll never believe that Luca Garza will be a true rotation player in the NBA until I see it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like there weren't any like the, the the biggest like how did this how did you let this happen? Player is Herb Jones, you know, out of Alabama. Like that's he's he's the one where you're just you just look at the second round. And it's like how did they let this happen? And then there's other guys that are good. Like Io's good. Probably should have been a first rounder. Uh, Jeremiah, you can make the case that he should have been a first rounder. Yeah. Then everybody else, it's like, okay, yeah, they, maybe they jump here or there, but nobody else really should. Like Miles McBride was pretty good for the Knicks. Um, yeah, but it's still yeah, I the mean, Knicks. Who knows? But but it's not that anyone had. Well, not, maybe, maybe someone had, but the, the majority didn't have first round grades. On yeah. Herb Jones, mm-hmm. and he went th- like thirty fifth. So yeah. it's it's like in Jeremy Grant's range. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah. It happens quite a lot. It guys. happens every year. There's always somebody, and we'll talk about this as we go through these in the coming weeks. That there's always somebody that falls that you're that shouldn't have, and a lot of times, yeah, because he has two picks there. Yeah, it's oftentimes intangible of qualities. You know. Yeah. It's it's based on intangible qualities, and sometimes, like we talk about boxes that these guys check. Like Herb Jones, twenty three years old, he's almost he's over twenty two and a half at the, you know the time of the draft. It's like yeah, he's that's an old player, and yeah. you know a lot of times you don't want to take those guys very high, which you know there weren't very many guys over twenty two taken in the first round. It's Corey Kispert. It's Chris Duarte, who's very old, and it's Davion Mitchell. Everybody else was under 22. That's three guys taken in the first round. So it's, yeah. it takes something quite special to be older than 22 to be taken in the first round. And then you get to the second round, and you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight. I mean, there's eight guys taken in the second round that are older than 22 yeah and now this this may be uh, again recent recently see bias but those three guys that went the first round i mean you at least hope that the player that is older is a plug and play yeah kispert i um, think i think ha- kispert was good for the wizards yes for the week that i watched yes. the wizards and i was a wizards fan for Slam and jam. Yeah. Like Kispert's good. He's a good player. And if good. he were on the Warriors instead of the Wizards, I think that people know how that he's more than a good. playable player. Yeah. A fine pick. Yeah. He's fine. Okay. The other two, not a fine pick. Yeah. I wonder if we go back and after a year we redraft and say, yes. But also no, <laughs> like yeah, we're gonna learn a um, lot. We're gonna learn a lot about this class over the next three years because yeah, rookie seasons don't tell you everything. You just don't. No. You don't know. You need three, four, or five years to really figure it out. And that's why, like, we're gonna go back and redraft a bunch of these other ones, and you can see with like just clear eyes, like, what is this draft class? You know. And where did this go? Where did teams go wrong? And, you know, you get to see all of it. Where with this class, it's still fuzzy. 
you know, we get to see yeah. that, that these guys have talent, but somebody that looks somebody that looks awesome this year is not going to be awesome in three years. Somebody that is for sure. Somebody that looks horrible this year is going to be awesome in three years. You know, that's oh, yeah. that. That is why it, you don't deviate too much. It inevitably sucks. happens. Yeah, that. Yeah, Jaylen exactly. Sucks, that's why you yeah. just don't. Because I mean, is was Orlando the best place for him? I mean, they're playing a, a lot of Cole Anthony with him, and <laughs> you all know how we loved Cole. him. No, you no, know, we didn't. It's it's just not to me the the best place for him. Um, yeah, but but again, it's peculiar that old players did not outshine um, younger ones uh, yeah. in in year one. Yeah, um, this is a good class, a very good class. It's a very good this class. was a very good class, and um, and again, uh, for going back to the Thunder mold, um, you can question uh, how many times you want the two for one that they decided to do for Alper and Shengun. Yeah, um, we will know in mm-hmm. in due time, not now. Uh, judging that trade now is silly mm-hmm. um, or short sighted because you will you just look what you lost. And not what you are gaining. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you could redo that pi- and you had to pick somebody at sixteen, who would you take? Um, with the same players same, available there. Yes, same players available. Kispert goes. 16. I take Trey Murphy. Yeah, give me the two. Trays. I think that I said that. Uh, yeah, many times. I agree. Yes, I mean you saw I took Trey really high in this draft. I just think that he's. Yeah. To me, he's a, a player that will get better and was mm-hmm. just a, a lights out shooter. He makes the Thunder team like quite a bit better, I think. <laughs> like that's the only that's like that's my only trepidation is that I don't know how much upside there is to squeeze there with Trey Murphy, but he's a guy that's gonna come and you're gonna find five threes for him a game and he's gonna shoot forty percent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's, he's yeah. gonna make you awesome but- right away. But I would question, like to me, no matter who you, like, if I am in the same position today mm-hmm. and I'm offered two picks with the risk of losing Trey Murphy, mm-hmm. I don't think that Trey Murphy is worth two pick, two picks, nor is Not Trey Man, nor is Spawn no. Island, yeah. nor is anyone drafted mm-hmm. later. Two picks is a huge huge amount of draft capital i know that those are protected mm-hmm. i know that um but to me the protection is i mean the likelihood of those becoming um at least a first or a first and a half i would say two first is quite high and yeah you're gonna pick in the same range i mean you get basically two swings in the same range or you get to offer those two picks as trade capital for a player that fits your team better that you have more control over or more a, a defend maybe probably not more control but like a definitive like this is what they do and this is how they fit our team and we're ready to plug somebody in now you know it's it's more ammunition for those times where do you want one swing or do you want ammunition to go get a role player that's really good because if you're paying two first round picks for somebody I don't care the quality of the pick. If you're paying two first-round picks for somebody, you're getting a good player. A borderline all-star, at least. Yeah. And so, it's and it's a tall task for 
Trey Murphy and Alperen Shengun to become that. Yeah, and we've talked about Shengun a ton. Like he's just he's going to be difficult to build around. And to yeah. me, you don't. To me, I, I I just don't want to put that kind of limitation on my team from the outset. With you know, especially with this upcoming class, and we don't even know what where they're going to land. If they land in like the top four, seven, or top top three in this class, if, no, the 20, the seven, twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty two class when they when they land seventh, because they will Thank land you. seventh. Um, yeah, we just don't know, and I would just I'd rather not have limitations on my roster where it's like, okay, we like Shangun a lot. Um, what pieces can help us? you know, build around. I I just, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. He, he could have the upside. Like he could prove Sam wrong that the two picks were not only correct, but uh, they should have just taken him. You know, that's, there's a possibility of that. And I'm sure that everyone will forget unless it's something special. Uh, like Ollie John probably in, uh, in due time will say, do you remember how this pick came through? <laughs> blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that, um, again, so I think that a lot of trades goes into the just, yeah, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you get equal value. Um, there are a lot of fuss for Domas for Tyrese Aliburton. Mm-hmm. I think it's a neutral trade that yeah. everyone will forget in due time. Mm-hmm. Um and even like even the Paul George trade, which seems a heist for mm-hmm. uh, for OKC with Indiana. I mean, it was probably good for OKC, uh, better for OKC, but still, Indy got something. Um, so it's um, it's interesting to see how it will go. Yeah, with these two picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to our show. Be sure to, if you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure that if you're not listening to this on YouTube, you can find us on YouTube. You can watch the show. You can join us live. You can comment live. Uh, That would be wonderful if you would hit subscribe for that as well. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.